0: euros are just around the corner and if you're excited about the festival of football that's to come make sure you're listening to on the continent across this summer's european championships join me andy Brassel, dot nada bio and a host of other expert european football journalists for everything you need to know about one of the most eagerly anticipated summer tournaments in ages. We'll have shows dedicated to answering your burning questions, a breakdown of the potential winners from all over the continent, and we'll be reacting to the biggest matches as soon as they happen. It's a European football summer and we've got everything you need. Search On The Continent in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Frank
1: de Boer speelt de bal. Heel goed naar Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp! Dennis Bergkamp, let de bal aan! Dennis Bergkamp! Dennis Bergkamp! Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Everybody and welcome back to the P1 Podcast with Matt and Tommy. We have some serious chatting to do today. It's 11.56 in the evening. I have stayed up all this time. So has Tommy. So has everybody, really. Anyway, we need to talk, don't we, Tommy? Uh, none of these happy vibes. We need to talk sprint. We need to talk serious. And we need to talk about it
2: now. I think you're going to pop off in this one, so get ready for some some opinions it's going to be a spicy one i think it certainly is
1: now before we dive into our sprint race chat from the us grand prix there is some lovely wonderful chat and that's about our patreon uh, which has lots of awesome stuff on there extra podcasts an exclusive new podcast series about classic formula one races ad free listening f1 driver video interviews in full early access to events and much much more now that last one teased me very nicely We want to talk about this, even though it's not actually, supposedly, definitely not kind of locked in in the sense of we've done an announcement, but I want to talk about it because I'm really excited about it, and I know you are as well, Tommy, and that is the P1 Live show is back. The P1 Live show is back. 3rd of December, Manchester. 5th of December, Glasgow. 10th of December, London. We're doing a tour, Tommy. What are we, a bloody band? What are we doing? But either or, I'm so excited the full announcement is coming out next Wednesday. So keep an eye out. We're not gonna set share any more details just yet until it is proper done and dusted. And well, it is done and dusted, but the actual announcement's next week. I'm buzzing for that. Tommy,
2: how are you feeling? Big hype. We've done you know, we've got the first live show locked, locked in, and uh the nerves the nerves have shifted. I know I can do it now. And we did the Silverstone one as well. And now I'm just super excited for this going on a yeah. A little little tour and going to some different places around the uk it's going to be good
1: cannot wait so yeah more information coming your way very soon and uh, yeah next wednesday it all gets released right let's talk about some sprints then shall we the first question comes in from ioniums how can i claim the 37 minutes of my life back Oof. I, look, I, you we, know, we were, we were live on Twitch, Matt P1, Tommy, if you haven't followed us already, and I think I was a bit more savage about the sprint than you were. You kind of were quite, you know, oh, it was all right, not too bad. I thought it was reasonably dull. Uh, but one thing we can agree on is that the format is something that we need to discuss and really sort of hammer home here. And you put a tweet out, actually, Tommy, that was, was absolutely bang on, which is that sprints have been saved by the weather and craziness, which has given us this element of, ah, sprints are good, when the reality is it was nothing to do with the format. It was just the conditions that were put in uh, in front of the drivers.
2: Yeah, and you can argue that, oh, well, you know, wet races are are better than normal races or or when there's crazy things happen, they're better than normal races. Um, but the problem is the sprint has to have that for it to be any good at all. Like you say, I there was some reasonable action um there was stuff going on um, most of it in replay yeah most of it in replay uh we'll get into that later because that's another thing to rant about because tv direction was <laughs> pretty abysmal um but it is funny that i actually just firstly go into this question of can i claim the 37 minutes of my life back i'd argue that it's more because it's a whole day you have to dedicate to it now because there's a whole qualifying system just for these short sprints so, so we dedicate, you know, the the time into that qualifying, and of course, we're Formula One fans, so we'll be there no matter what, and we love watching it. But it is frustrating because the format is so dead. And this is coming from someone that hates practice. I want less of it. There's nothing wrong with, in my opinion. I think the the most frustrating thing for me is I think the sprints can be good. I'm not anti sprints. I just think the format. Never is just not lending itself to excitement, it's not what it should be. It should be something completely different to the race, it should be an excite something exciting, a chance to do something new. And you're just getting a mini spoiler, like you said. And there's no pit stops, all the cars started on the same tyres, my apart from one. And while, while it wasn't like, in my opinion, absolutely awful. It just really did lack something. It wasn't a particularly exciting uh, one, to say the least. And it's just painful because we know it can be good because when there is that weather and their strategy or whatever and tyre wear, the sprint has actually been very good this year.
1: Question from Jones RF 873 Is there something that can be done to improve the sprint formats? I am fed up. <laughs> of this current sprint format. I am of the opinion that the one we had previously was better because it all just sort of fed into one weekend. If someone had a bad sprint race, sprint quality or whatever the hell it was called back then, it it carried over into the Sunday. So there was that meaning, that feeling. For me, Saturdays now are just a separate day for eight points. What really is the point? I know that if we have a really close championship, maybe there is connotations there, and perhaps Verstappen dominating makes the sprints feel even less important uh, than they might do. But you, you are completely right, Tommy. There are there are numerous ways of how they can make this sprint more fun. It's not like Formula One is scared to change the norm because they've they've introduced sprints. They are happy and willing to change the format to something that they think will be entertaining. But why have they gone for this one?
2: Because this <laughs> it's so, yeah. It, it's like, who are they being safe for? A, I know. How can we make a format that's so bad? Is
1: it Red Bull saying no? Is it Mercedes saying no? Is it the top team saying, ah oh, no, we don't want reverse sprints. We don't want reverse top eight. I don't know. Like, you know, Carlos, when we interviewed him, he said, uh, you know, a lot of the drivers or some of the drivers have said that they want this sort of sprint reverse format. And I'm sure they are probably the slower cars that want to start towards the front. But I know that everyone will have their own biases and their own vested interests. But what we've seen today is that something has to change. And I know it's like some people might be going, oh, you're just, you know, you're going over the top because we've had one normal sprint race and you weren't complaining before. But we've kind of covered that off by the fact that The format was saved by the conditions. And if you actually just look at the format, we have said this sort of throughout. I think we can appreciate a crazy sprint race, but also say that we need something that's different. We need different tyre compounds. We need something that means that I am not going to go into tomorrow and know categorically that Charles Leclerc is probably going to finish a minute behind Max Verstappen and that Lewis Hamilton cannot catch Verstappen or keep, probably keep Verstappen at bay, that Norris is probably going to chew up and, and destroy Leclerc as well by the looks of the end of that stint. There's so many spoilers that it, is, it just ruins a Formula One weekend for me. Sunday is such a precious, special day for me that you kind of ramp up to in a Formula One weekend. And now it's just like up and down, up and down. And if anything, Saturday is where you get all your answers.
2: I personally have not been one of these people that that like like yourself that's complained too much about um, spoilers. However, I think I think this race there there has been something about it that's made me feel more that way that it that it is a bit of a spoiler because essentially we've now seen that Verstappen does have loads in the tank. Um, Leclerc, like you say, has no race pace, um, and I don't think it's going to rain tomorrow, so uh, it's going to be. Much the same, and it, it is going to be uh, exciting. I think we we can be very thankful that the um, that we've actually got a very good grid for tomorrow because the gaps are quite alarming. To be honest, um, you know, you've got thirty seconds separating the top six, um, and you know what? Looking at that, those gaps, I think it's almost you could argue that it is the perfect example. To say why reverse grids would work, in my opinion, I would go back to the old format where the sprint decides the order so you so you can have like so you can have like this this sprint and the the thing is Verstappen has won that race by ten seconds. Logan Sargent in a nineteen lap race, finished one minute and eleven seconds behind Max Verstappen. That just shows that you flip the grid around, Verstappen is still very near the front, if not at the front, even in those 19 laps, because the field spread is enormous. But at least it's going to be absolutely awesome and uh, exciting. And the sprints, this is what I mean, the sprints should be that chance to do something a bit crazy and wacky and you keep the Grand Prix as this traditional thing where it's qualifying and it decides the order and then you have a, a race and that's the the big prize if you like uh, because I can understand why people don't want reverse grids for the main Grand Prix and things like that totally understand that but Sprint if you're going to do it and we're going to have this whole day dedicated to it please little bit of spice any spice just some salt and pepper on it or something it's really <laughs> like right now because <laughs> right bland now in the frying pan Not even any oil, I don't think.
1: Um, What I would say is there's probably a happy medium to be found here. I don't think, as much as, you know, I'm like, change, 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 change it. I don't think that Verstappen starting 20th is fair, probably in a sprint, especially if they're going to keep a 19 lap or a third of a race distance as the length. I think if we were to have it half race distance, there's a bit more chance, because I don't think Verstappen wins from 20th in a 19 lap race. no, No chance so there has to be a kind of happy balance where it doesn't become massively gimmicky and you have Alex Albon winning every sprint race or something like that, that, you know, you, you wouldn't want it to go too far the other way. So I don't know necessarily what that would look like, but what I do know is that it's worth a try. Like formula one is always about, you know, giving it a try and scrapping it. If it's not, not worth it, why not just throw the, you know, throw a spanner in the works and just see if it, see if it it hits and at the end of the day they're doing this to get more people to watch and i guarantee more people are going to watch if logan sargent is on pole position for the saturday sprint <laughs> race uh, around austin
2: yeah yeah exactly that the, they've clearly you know I, I get the reason for it they're getting more viewers uh for the saturday there's also something on friday that's exciting so there's absolutely no surprise even though we're here roasting the format that all the circuits want a piece of the the sprint pie and want to be the oh yeah they they want that because they can sell tickets for all three days and they've got excitement for all three days and it maybe justifies the quite large ticket prices form if if you can say that justify it but at least makes it a little bit more justifiable of the the ticket price of formula one these days so um yeah, it, it is just it is just painful to me because I know there'll be people listening to this going, oh, well, you liked the sprint last time. It's like, yes, because it was good, but it was like there was a reason for that. Uh, and some would be good, some would be bad, but it just doesn't lend itself uh, enough of a chance for it to be uh, interesting for me because you're essentially doing that Tyson. That it's exactly... You know, if you listen to the the interview we did with Carlos Sainz, he said the same thing that it's just a third of the race and that's it. No, that it finishes. Same compounds. like Because at least say like even so the argument of the sprint right is that that was, wasn't particularly exciting but at least on lap 19 they'll start coming into the pits and then it's like oh maybe Norris isn't as good on the next tyre Perez is now quicker and then it will change again but the problem is once the order kind of shuffled itself into where it was going to be, well, you saw, like, look at the, the gaps. You've got nine seconds, 17 seconds, 18, 22, 28, 32, because, yeah, you you need that change in in a tyre or something to then allow the others to fight back.
1: You certainly do, so uh yeah, we'll go into the next question. p one Patreon member mzt are the sprint races worth it? Friday attendance will have increased, I'm sure, but is it worth the headache of a changed weekend and spoilers? Well, we've covered the spoilers part, and it's it's difficult to be able to fully measure it, I suppose, because I see countless comments around people being at work or being busy on a Friday and not being able to catch qualifying and it being quite a you know, an upsetting thing for a for a hardcore Formula One fan who might be busy doing their own life and and not being able to set aside that amount of time. And, yeah, I, I'm sure there are. I mean, if you're asking the question to Formula One, of course it's worth it. They're making more money doing it. They're being able to showcase and shout about bigger numbers across a whole Formula One weekend than usual. For fans, is it worth it? I don't know. I, I think asking myself and Tommy, who are so ingrained and long-time Formula One fans that hate change or like change when it's the right change, I think it's probably better to say. Um, I don't know. But then again, I guess I sit a little bit differently to you do in terms of practice sessions. And I think we're both on the same opinion that FP1, FP2, FP3 could change to something a bit more exciting, which is what sprints have tried to do. And we're open to that. It's just that the current sprint race format is not worth it, mainly because it's, this, it's just a separate event. That's what this is, and, and that's the thing I can't get over as a Formula 1 fan is that I love to just wind up to – like, Friday, then you've got Saturday, and then Sunday is when the five red lights come on. That's just something that's ingrained in me, and as much as the five red lights coming on today, you're excited – I don't know if it does take away a little bit. I think it does, actually. I, I think I've now made a decision that it does take away from that glorious feeling of when Sunday comes on and it's the race and you've got the five red lights coming on and you don't know what's going to happen. That's the crucial bit is that you don't know. And you still don't in some ways. Of course, a crash could happen, but you have some intel as to who's quick going into that race.
2: Yeah, we, we essentially like the the sprint, in the format that it is at the moment because it's one third of the race is like they've pressed the simulate button and, (laughs) and then pressed end one third into the race and we've gone, okay, now let's analyze this. Verstappen's really quick. Leclerc's tires are going to fall off. Norris is actually, you know, quite quick. Soft tires aren't the one to start on blah, blah, blah. Um, Which, you know, can create a bit of intrigue uh there'll be some people going oh actually you know it's interesting that we now learn about this but i think most people are probably like well now maybe it has spoiled it a bit but we'll say all this and as soon as the lights go out tomorrow we'll we'll be there uh buzzing um but what I will say is, thank goodness, the, uh, <laughs> the grid is how it is tomorrow. Uh, otherwise, yeah. I will be far less excited for, for the race than I am tomorrow.
0: This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Question from Arman Something: Ferrari cooked its tires in all of ten seconds. How does Matt mentally prepare for tomorrow? Well, look, as a Ferrari fan. My hopes and dreams and expectations are in the gutter anyway. Now they're even more in the gutter because I know that Charlotte Leclerc has absolutely no race pace uh, in long runs um, because he can't hold on on the mediums. Whether the hards will be a different story? Probably not. So what I do here is that I will still be incredibly excited because there is that, that slight 1% in me that goes, anything can happen. That would have been about 5%, I think, had I not seen this sprint. So <laughs> I am mentally prepared. It's going to be a very, very difficult race for Charles Leclerc. I think he's lucky to even finish on the podium tomorrow, um, but we will have to wait and see.
2: Yeah, particularly that Norris was all over the back of him with a with a lap to go. So um, I'm surprised actually at how quite how quickly it happened and, and Leclerc falling off. Maybe it is just a bit of race pace as well that when there's a bit of fuel in the car they're not as quick as leclerc who we know uh is one of if not the best uh, on the grid in terms of the light fuel car and going for a quali uh, lap when he gets it right so yeah it is a it is a shame for ferrari because it does look like it's going to be um a struggle
1: another and- one to add to the poll to win
2: Yes, yeah, so I think it'd be a miracle if he if he manages to to win tomorrow, um, even with Verstappen starting six because you've got uh, Hamilton and Norris. And if anything, uh, this cements it even more of what I said yesterday that Hamilton and Norris will be shoving Leclerc off the road and will probably <laughs> rather will probably yeah. rather just cut turn one and take a five second penalty to make sure they're ahead yeah. of him to get a lead on Verstappen than. Sit, sit, and have to wait for him, yeah. three laps before they get DRS or or to to pass because Hamilton and Norris need to get to get past quick because they're not their race pace isn't isn't awful. Um, uh, we saw Hamilton sort of like hanging on a bit, uh, at least near near the start, and maybe you know with a with a bad start or something, Verstappen uh might take a while to to get through the pack, but yeah. Uh, again like we said yesterday that someone like Hamilton in particular needs needs Russell to be uh, getting his elbows out and more <laughs> the start to try and hold Max off well while, while they they pray that they get past Leclerc yeah absolutely
1: um what, one thing you will have to say for tomorrow is that Verstappen's not going to have fresh air for 19 laps or however long no. that you know obviously that the, the main race is so there is going to be an element of of higher degradation for for him coming through the traffic and you know having to to not scrub the tire slide et cetera, and so on and so forth to to make sure that those tires stay alive obviously the red bull has a great uh, philosophy within it that allows it to not uh, chew through its tires and i'm sure max will with that triple quadruple quintuple drs that he has uh, won't find it too hard to to get to get um past the, the cars in front but i think it's 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 going to be interesting to see if that gaggle, the sort of the Hamilton, Leclerc, Norris stay together and they're all within like DRS of each other or if it sort of spreads out just by the nature of the track and then that will allow Max to get through uh, a bit quicker. Uh, Next question, DJ Ferrari F1. Why did Hamilton not get a penalty for driving off the track to overtake Charles on lap one? On initial glance, I think we were both like, that's probably going to be a penalty. And then we watched it back on the replay and you can kind of see that he wouldn't have really gained anything by going out there. If anything, it was just sort of a lap one trying to not make contact with the Ferrari. It's not like a George Russell who genuinely just got a slingshot out of the corner and and tried to just extend and obviously go around and have the inside for the next uh, triple right-hander. So I, I don't know. I, I wasn't like fully convinced that Hamilton didn't deserve a penalty, but I can also understand why He didn't get one. I don't even think he was under investigation unless I missed that. No, he wasn't. Um, So maybe it was very much like a lap one thing because I can imagine that happened maybe a few cars behind as well um, with 20 cars going into that very difficult turn one uh, that tightens. So yeah, uh, I'm not absolutely aggravated that he didn't get a penalty. Um, That's kind of how I stand on it.
2: Yeah, track limits is quite the annoying topic, I think, for, for me personally, because... It changes so much because sometimes I'm like, oh, just just give it a rest with the whole like white line thing because it's getting a bit a bit ridiculous, um, and I do think that, that it has to be judged on a case by case basis because sometimes drivers do, you know, they don't gain an advantage, they lose a bit of time, they make a mistake and run wide, a little bit like maybe like a a Norris in in Qatar, you know, he lost time going off the track, but they delete his entire qualifying lap because he's not stayed within the white lines which you could argue is maybe a bit harsh um and yeah with this one with Hamilton he's not it's not like a Russell situation like you said um he's not gained a a huge advantage so I think in my opinion I think it is actually good that they've kind of not not had this kind of black and white rule and they've like looked at it and gone well actually that's really not that bad and it and it's fine um particularly because it looked like at the start um it might be a bit of a a race between Hamilton and uh Hamilton and Verstappen which there was there was hope for four or five laps, wasn't there?
1: Yeah. He was in DRS for a, for a small while, wasn't he? And we thought, hello, these Mercedes upgrades, have we got a race on our hands? And then he finished 9.4 seconds behind in the end. And uh, our dreams were crushed, but maybe tomorrow is a brighter day for, for formula one in terms of competition. Next question, Eric ski. So Logan is certainly being replaced at the end of the season now, Right. He looks like he has no confidence and is just driving driving safely now to not crash. Yeah. So if I was to tell you that Alex Albon finished closer to Max Verstappen than Alex Albon to Logan Sargent. Oh, that uh, is a damning stat. That is a very damning stat. Uh, Albon finishing just outside the points, three-tenths of a second behind a five-second penalty, George Russell. Oh, wow. Um, and then Logan Sargent was the last of the finishers, finishing three-tenths behind Magnussen, but one minute, 11.4 seconds behind Max Verstappen. Yeah, I think this is where, Logan, uh, Logan, I think this is where James Vowles has to just, let's make a decision here. Let's cut it off. Thanks, Logan, but you've clearly lost your your confidence, and we as a team that need to be scoring points and utilising that second seat, you clearly aren't the one, unfortunately, for us. That's how I sit on it it might seem savage but how long do you need how much time do you want we kind of said logan just keep it on the track and stay within albon he's kept it on the track but lost all the pace this weekend <laughs> and he's been nowhere near albon it's not even like comparable um so yeah i think that well they have to make a decision williams have only got a few races left uh, and they need to commit to to something and i, I, just, I can't see it being logan
2: no he's it, it, been re- really poor like he's had the the incidents and now you know said that he just needs to have a clean race but he's had a clean race and been horrendously um slow you know he's not been you can argue that he, there's only so much of benefit of the doubt you can give him for being new uh, and we've said this many times before in the drive ratings there's no disrespect to alex Alban at all he's having a brilliant season And I'm really pleased for him that he's kind of turned his whole career around, um, really, from the problems that he had at at Red Bull and shown that he is a very capable driver. But he's not a Max Verstappen. You know, if Logan Sargent was finishing 30 seconds behind Verstappen, you'd kind of be like, well, he is a rookie and the car's not very good. But he shouldn't be that far behind Alex Albon. Not after you've had a whole year under your belt. Um, It is really poor and um yeah you just just can't see him saving saving it now uh just because of the pace as well
1: no he, and he's not he's had a few moments where you go oh that's quite good but he's never he's not outperformed Albon I can't remember at all this year
2: no i, I, it's I can't not remember one, one moment
1: where it's been like wow logan's actually been quicker than alex and and that kind of speaks volumes really because he would have shown some level of potential at some point surely Anyway, moving on. Next and final question from MJ underscore 95. Why is the F1 TV direction so bad? There were some battles for no points, but still better than the battles at the front. This is exactly what I was thinking. F1 TV direction, what were you doing? I don't understand. I don't, I genuinely don't. Like, I, I, I get when there's half a second, six tenths, whatever, you know. Oh, let's, let's focus on the battle for fourth or fifth. But there wasn't. They were two, three seconds all separated. There was nothing really going on. Meanwhile, you have got them scrapping like (laughs) their lives depends on it for P17, which I want to see. There's some great moves happening into that lovely little double left-hander before the triple right-hander, which is like such a great corner. One of the best slow corners in in Formula One, in my opinion. And we're seeing replay after replay of this chaos that is going on behind. And for me as a Formula One fan, I want to see that live. Now, I know when they have to commit to the leaders, but the one time they should have committed to the leaders was the time they didn't commit to the leaders and were watching the midfield. It was when Hamilton was in DRS. He got to within half a second of Verstappen. I want to see that. Show me a bit of that. I know it's probably not going to be an overtake, but we don't ever see a battle for the lead. Give us some of Verstappen versus Hamilton, but instead we're watching Piastri getting swallowed up by Alex Albon. And you're like, well, okay, great. I could have seen that on replay, but instead we've now missed the Verstappen Hamilton tension as it's now 1.52 seconds.
2: Yeah, the the direction was really poor in that. I really hope we don't have the same problem uh, in the race tomorrow and they can I'll say learn from it. But it's it's was re- it was worse than normal, I think. because um, it feels like we've not had this this round. And they've normally been quite good recently at using mini boxes and things like that and we have been like all right fair play but for whatever reason they just absolutely s the bed with it this uh <laughs> this, this sprint because it yeah. it really was it really was bad um it, it was the fact that we were watching cars cruising round with five second gaps between them um and then it cuts to a replay and like you say like joe and magnus and just like swapped six times through four corners you're like just show this there's nothing else going on um and yeah it's 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 a shame really because maybe we wouldn't have been quite so harsh on that sprint if we'd have seen those battles live because i do think there was maybe enough action that we had at least some kind of overtake or thing happening uh almost every lap even if it was, uh, which is far less exciting, but at least it, you know, you, you're getting something. Uh, the fact that it was for like P sixteen and and seventeen, but
1: I wanted to see to Kevin see. Magnuson versus Logan Sargent for the last place on the in the field. They finished three tenths apart, and we were robbed.
2: Yeah, exactly. Give us Logie. We might not yeah, see him exactly. for too much longer. <laughs>
1: Yeah, come on. Especially it's his home race. God, have some respect. Anyway, on that note, we are done and dusted. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening to this wonderful sprint pop-off, I'm going to call it. I apologise if I went a little bit over the top, but uh, I'm tired, I'm delirious, but I'm most of all passionate about Formula One. So hopefully you've enjoyed this slightly emotional uh, rant from both myself and Tommy. Tommy, what are your final thoughts
2: uh, you kind of taken the words out of my mouth, really, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, I hope it comes across it in the right way. You know, it's a it's us talking about essentially the sport that we absolutely adore. We think can be better, and uh, we're saying it because you know we want we want it to be good and, and do love the sport. It's not us moaning at being like Formula One's rubbish um, because it's not, and we know it can be can be great um so yeah it's just a shame that uh the sprint didn't deliver uh and we both agree that i think there's uh reasons for that and I, hope, I i really do hope that uh they change it how many more sprints have we got is one, it one more one more after yeah. this so one more yeah uh one more and then i hope next year uh we have a little bit of a a refresh again uh and they come up with a with a better format because uh i i do think they've been saved massively by by weather and stuff you know you look you look back yeah. at austria for example and everyone's like oh does this mean sprints are great it's like no it means that it rained and it's changeable conditions and you had a pit stop which is exactly what yeah. we wanted but and I'm you had half the field I on a fast
1: tire <laughs> and, and exactly you had that that changeable element to it and that's what we
2: want that's what we want in the the actual sprint itself so do that exactly take notes formula one we know
1: the answer maybe fingers crossed but um yeah (laughs) we're gonna leave it there otherwise we could probably go for another four hours uh we'll see you tomorrow on our twitch channel for the watch along um be sure to check out our live show announcement next week as well which we're very excited about uh, as a reminder, the 3rd of December is Manchester, 5th of December is Glasgow, and the 10th of December is London. So put that in your diaries, uh, lock out that date, say, um, no, Mom, "I'm no, Mum, I'm going to go see Matt and Tommy that date. And uh, we look forward to seeing, seeing you there. But we'll have lots more details uh, coming your way, and we'll see you very soon. Bye! Bye!
2: one
0: is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. The Euros are just around the corner. And if you're excited about the festival of football that's to come, make sure you're listening to On The Continent across this summer's European Championships. Join me, Andy Brassel, Dot and Adebayo, and a host of other expert European football journalists for everything you need to know about one of the most eagerly anticipated summer tournaments in ages. We'll have shows dedicated to answering your burning questions, a breakdown of the potential winners from all over the continent and we'll be reacting to the biggest matches as soon as they happen. It's a European football summer and we've got everything you need. Search on the continent in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now.
1: Frank de Boer spelt the ball. Heel good. naar Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Let the ball aan!
0: Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp.